Christmas uh, gives us a great promise. And it's a promise that light, a light has come into the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. Uh, the truth is that even the smallest light has enough power to chase away the deepest darkness. Do you know that? So that all it takes is one person to do something good in the midst of darkness for a little spark and then a bit of a flame and then it spreads and then the darkness just doesn't have any chance because the light, it, it always chases away the darkness. And the promise of Christmas is that in Jesus a light has come and with that promise there is a challenge. And the challenge is for us, those of us who will take the message of Christmas to heart, and who will trust Jesus to see that we ourselves have a responsibility to bear a light in the world, so that we are the light which chases away the darkness. And the truth is that the light is stronger than the darkness, no matter how small the light, and no matter how deep the darkness. On this very night, in 1914, Christmas Eve, there was an event in which the deepest darkness was shattered by the smallest light. Now, earlier that year, in the summer of 1914, World War I broke out. Nobody knew how bad it was going to be. The soldiers who left France left with cloth hats. And when someone suggested helmets, the top commander said, they'll be back before we could even deliver them. And he was, of course, absolutely wrong. Uh, in just a few months' time, everyone would see how utterly dark it would become. Uh, technological advancements in handheld weaponry brought death on a scale that just had never really been seen before. Entire companies of men would find themselves marching right into machine gun nests where hundreds would die from just one shooter. Thousands of men and horses drown in the mud. In 90 days' time, 500,000 soldiers died. It was a darkness that no one had ever seen before. By the winter of 1914, the German forces had crossed the boundary into France and had set up the Western Front, and it was well established. They dug their trenches, they built their bunkers, and they settled in, and just 100 yards across from them, there the English and the French soldiers built their bunkers and dug their trenches. And in the land in between, no man's land, there were the scattered bodies of their comrades and the shells and the mortars rang out day and night without ceasing. But then, then came Christmas Eve. Uh, what happened on that night in 1914 was like a light that broke into the darkness, and the darkness had no chance. For the first time in months, soldiers on both sides reported a frightening silence. At first, it was quiet, but then a sound began to rise up, echoing off the mountains in eastern France. It was not the sound of shooting. It was the sound of church bells ringing off of the mountains. And then, in this song, quiet at first, the English and the French soldiers, stunned by what they couldn't understand, decided to peer over their trenches, and what they saw across the other side was the German soldiers coming out of their bunkers, but instead of holding their weapons, they were holding candles. 
And then they watch the men begin to decorate Christmas trees right there in no man's land. And then to the sound of the bells were joined the voices of German soldiers singing Christmas songs. And so the English and the French soldiers, they could not continue to hold on to their weapons. They couldn't. It just didn't make sense to go on killing. And so they put their weapons down and they stood up and they began to sing. And then their songs, their mutual songs on Christmas Eve brought these enemies on to the middle ground. They're in no man's land and they sang with each other. And this is a moment where light shone in the darkness and no matter how strong the dark was, it couldn't overcome it. Enemies were turned into friends. Violence ceased and peace settled in. Love became stronger than hate. And the reason for it is simple. It is what happens anytime a person takes into their heart the message of Christmas and trusts the truth that Jesus brought, which is the truth that says love is stronger than hate. Kindness wins out over wickedness. That goodness is stronger than evil. That peace is what we were meant for. And in that moment, as those men embodied that truth, they brought a light which shined out over the darkness and which I know that every one of them deep down inside wanted. And I know that every one of you, also deep down inside, wants the darkness that is all around us to go away. I know some of you personally and I know that you carry in your own hearts into this place your disappointments, your losses, your grief, and you want it to go. Some of you are strangers to me. I know that you also want to see the dark go away and the light come, don't you? The promise of Christmas is that in Jesus there was a light that came, and the light was stronger than the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. I wonder how many of you have thought in this year behind us that the world is finally getting darker than you ever thought it could. Has anyone else found themselves thinking that? Uh, the truth about the world is in many different ages, men and women, thoughtful people have, have had that same uh, idea that, that maybe it's darker than it ever has been. In fact, even the time when Jesus was born, the world was very dark. In his day, uh, there were corrupt political powers that used their strength to oppress the weak rather than to help everyone. Does that sound familiar? In their day, uh, if you were not strong, then you were out of luck. There was no one to take care of you or look after you were pushed aside. The marginalized were, were just going to go forever deeper into the darkness. And that's what it was like in the world in which Jesus was born. And the people of God who had long hoped that God would come and rescue them, the Jewish people, they even began to believe that maybe the darkness was stronger than the light. Has that thought ever occurred to you? You can admit it on Christmas Eve. Really, I mean, not just because of the news stories out, out there, but sometimes in here, doesn't it feel like that? And there were many amongst God's people who, uh, before Jesus was born, they decided maybe the whole thing was just a dream. Maybe God's not real. Maybe it was wishful thinking all along. Some even gave up on believing on God. But then, just a few months before Jesus was born, a word came that was a word of hope about the gift of light that would come. I want you to listen to these words. They were spoken by Jesus' uncle, 
looking ahead to the birth that would come. He said, by the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Zechariah was the man who said those words. He looked at the world around him and he saw that not only was it dark out there, but many of the people who would hear him speak were people who were languishing because of the darkness that they found themselves sitting in. He knew that when life doesn't go as, as we plan, when things don't work out as we wish they would, when the relationships we were counting on fall to pieces and we're alone, when our good plans don't crystallize, when the, the things that we wish for our family, they don't come to pass, it can feel like the darkness is so oppressive. It's like we're sitting in the shadow of death even and looking at people like that. Zechariah knew deep down inside that God had a plan to bring something good. And so he made the promise that by the tender mercy of our God. Zechariah believed that God was merciful and his heart toward us was tender. And then he made the promise, a light will come and it will break upon us, those of us who sit in shadow, to give us light. Would you think for a moment of what it would be like to receive light? Light is peace. It's kindness. It's security and confidence. Light is knowing where you are going. It's having clarity about the future. It's being secure and not anxious and worried. It's being confident and at rest. That's what light is. Now, don't you want that? I know you do. That's light. And the promise is light has come. For those who sit in darkness, darkness is chaos and confusion. It's, it's having no idea what's next having no plans. It's feeling very insecure and unsettled. It's having no hope, no security or confidence. It's, it's death, it's grief, it's loss, it's anguish. It's the thing that you want to get away from. It is knowing that there are enemies on the other side of those lines who are dug in their trenches with their weapons and they just want to kill you. That's what darkness is. And here, Zechariah says there's a light coming, and it's coming from God, and it will break upon us. Now, when Jesus was born, just a few months later, the gospel writers did their very best to capture the truth of it. We, we've heard some of it read tonight that a light sh uh, shone uh, on the shepherds when they were out in the fields to tell them, come, uh, a star guided those first magi to the place where Jesus was born. Light is everywhere in the Christmas stories, the way that John tells it. One of, the, one of the writers who took his time to teach us what happened when Jesus was born, the way he puts it, it's so simple. He says very simply of Jesus, what has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. With the birth of Jesus, something new has come into the world. It's life. Something that stands up against the, the enemy in the world, which is death. And it's Jesus. He comes into the world with this gift of life. And not just for some people, but for all people. And then John uses the image that is so, so, so powerful to teach us about what this life is. It is light. And it is a light for all people. And then he goes on to add this promise of Christmas, which is the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. No matter how bleak and how awful and how bitter and how ugly and terrible the war became. There's a light that's come and the light is stronger still. 
The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. It's a promise. And it's a promise. That's all it is. It's a promise when Jesus is born. But if you know about Jesus' life, then you know that it wasn't just fancy words in poetry meant to inspire. It was actually perfectly descriptive of what this man's life was like everywhere he went. Now, some of you have spent time uh, reading the Bible, and you know the stories of Jesus. Am I right about that? If you know his stories, you know that everywhere he went, in the world of darkness, he shined like a bright light. Uh, Jesus encountered uh, over and over again people who were in desperate need, who had no hope at all, who were pushed to the margins and pushed down, and what he did for them is he shined. For the poor, he brought good news. For the oppressed, he brought freedom. For the captives, it was deliverance. For those who had no love at all, Jesus brought love. For the people whose eyes were dark and blind, he brought light. He opened up the truth about who God was in a way that no other sage had ever been able to do. He showed the truth that men and women had longed to know with his simple teaching. Over and over again, everywhere he went, Jesus shined in the darkness. And, and sometimes it was personal and very touching. Uh, there were men who suffered all by themselves, uh, men who were mentally ill, uh, who were tortured, uh, anxious, depressed, lonely, uh, plagued by demons who had been pushed to the margins. Jesus went to men like that, and he looked them right in the eyes, and with his kindness and his grace, he chased away the demons, and he put them in their right mind, and he restored them. And it was like light in the darkness. There were women who, because of their illness, were ostracized and pushed away from all human community. Not only were they suffering and ill, but they had no one to be with them in it. Jesus went to women like that, and he put his hands on them, and he healed them. He made them well, and he restored them so they could be with others again. It was like light in the darkness. There were people who had been caught in sins, ready to be judged and, and even put to death. Jesus interposed and was gracious and merciful, and with his kindness and forgiveness, he brought light. Everywhere he went, he healed, he restored, he even stood up to the systemic darkness that every society is plagued by. Do you know what I mean when I say systemic darkness? Racism. That was rampant in Jesus' day. He crossed racial boundaries, and with the light of equality, he said no to that darkness and brought the light of goodness for all people. He treated women and children with the same dignity that was reserved in his day only for men. And with his power and grace, he showed the, the, the goodness of God to all people. He stood up to the ugliness of religious hypocrisy and said no with his sincerity and his honesty, and he brought light in that way too. Everywhere Jesus went, he shined. And the truth about Jesus was that the that his goodness was stronger than evil, his kindness was stronger than ugliness and misery, his love was stronger than hate, his light shined in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. It was true when he walked the earth, just as it was true in 1914 in an impossible battle, and just as it is true in 2017. Now, I can say that here, but to be honest... Anyone who's lived through the year behind us would have to say, if the light has come in Jesus, then why is there still so much darkness? Have you ever thought that? I can't tell if you're alive. Okay, okay. No, I mean, honestly, uh, it's true that they stopped fighting 
in December, but they started fighting again in January, and the, and the war went on, and a lot more people died. And that wasn't the last war either that had the title World War. There were atrocities that were so ugly after that, they were like a dark stain upon human history forever. And it didn't stop there. All you have to do is study history a little bit to see the grievous darkness that men and women pour out upon each other, sometimes even in the name of God. And having said that, how many times this year do we hear of another madman killing innocent, completely vulnerable people in the name of God? What's going on? And it's not just that. If you watch the news, you see the natural disasters taking life again. And then the question, why? Why all this darkness? If the light has come, as we hear in an inspiring message on Christmas Eve, then how come it's so dark? Not, listen, not just in the news stories out there. I know enough about real human life to know that even if it weren't for all those stories, many of you have come into this place tonight and will leave this place tonight going into environments where there is a darkness that is just too much for you to bear. Maybe because you're alone, or maybe because your family is so shattered and broken. Maybe because the person that you love is not there. Maybe because the person you see in the mirror is so disappointing to you. I mean, it's just true. If the light has come, why all this darkness? And it is absolutely okay to ask that question. It's the right question to ask. It's no good pretending that the world is other than it is. It's dark. And so if Jesus has come as the light of the world, then why all this darkness. Now listen, if you're honestly going to ask that question, I want you to understand that as I see it, there are really two options. One is to dwell on how dark it is and to become discouraged and bitter, and then what will happen is you will retreat back into your own bunker. You'll climb back into the trench with whatever weapon you can grasp to protect yourself. And when you do that, I promise you what is certain about the future is the darkness will persist. But then on the other hand, there's a different option. And listen now, the moment I tell you this, I'm going to put you on the hook. And I want to do that. And the reason I want to put you on the hook is I am sick of the darkness and I believe that God is sicker of it than I am, and I actually trust that whatever else you think about God, we can all agree together that it's enough of all of this darkness. Can we agree with that? Yes? So here, I'm going to put you on the hook. The other alternative from staying in your bunker is to take the, the message of Christmas seriously enough to trust Jesus and then be ready to hear his answer to the question about why all this darkness. And I want to tell it to you. And I want to tell it to you because you, the moment you really sincerely ask why all this darkness, you are putting yourself on the hook for the answer. Jesus knew that the men and women who followed him, uh, they would come to the point in their own lives where they would ask why all this darkness. And anticipating that moment, he took them together, those who trusted him, those who had seen his light, those who believed that he was the one. He took them up a mountain, he sat them down, he looked at them right in the face, and he told them the truth about who they are. He told them the truth that they needed to hear. He told them the truth that the world needed them to hear, the truth that the world needs us to hear, he told them, look at these words, he told them, you are the light of the world. Please understand that this is the light of the world 
telling these men and women who they are. And he means to say, anyone who will come with me, who will trust that I am the one, has to understand that I get to tell that, that person who they are. And to every one of them, he says, you are the light of the world. And then he goes on to give two very brilliant images. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. Jesus knows that the men and women he's speaking to will get that. They know what it's like to be on a mountain and to look off in the distance to another mountain and see a city there. And you can't not see it because light shines. And then he goes on to add, no one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. He wants them to be thinking of a house where there are people all together, and there's a lamp lit there because they're all going to enjoy a good meal together. Have you already eaten, or are you still waiting for dinner? Let me ask you that. Which one is it? Isn't food the best? You ate already? Okay, well, they'll think about tomorrow. My mom told me that there's going to be 18 lobster tails at our dinner. I'm not trying to make you jealous. I'm just thinking about that moment when we're together and the light will be warm and there'll be peace and there'll be gladness and pleasure together. And that's light. And what Jesus is telling his followers is that in that moment, who on earth would shut the lights out? Why would you ever do that? Of course you would never do that. And what he wanted to say to them is, in the same exact way, if you are sick of the darkness, then don't forget, this is what Jesus says to them, don't forget that I've given my light to you. And that's true. If you trust him, he's given you his presence inside of him, inside of you, which is the light in the darkness. And for you to cover that up is like lighting a lamp in a house and turning the lights off. No, why would you do that? What Jesus means to tell them is if you're sick of the darkness, then don't just ask, why is it so dark? Ask instead, how can I bring some light? And now I say it to you. If you're tired of all of this misery and ugliness, then stop looking for who's to blame out there and instead look at yourself and say, what can I do? If you think it's just too small, I can hardly do anything. Nonsense, what can you do? Even the smallest light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it. That's what Jesus wanted. He wanted every one of them to consider this profound truth that anyone who's willing to take the message of Christmas seriously and trust Jesus is ready to go and become the light that shines in the darkness when they're ready to follow his lead. He makes it crystal clear when he finishes his teaching to them by saying, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do you know what glorifies God in heaven is when we love each other? And what God hates is when we're cruel to each other. What glorifies God in heaven is when we take joy and pleasure in all of the simple gifts he's given to us as we share them with the people around us. What he hates is when we're hoarders and we turn in upon ourselves and our selfishness and greed makes us mean. He hates that. And what God wants is for each and every one of us who are ready to take his message to heart, to trust him, and then to shine whatever small light we have in whatever darkness we find ourselves in. And even if it's the smallest light imaginable, the truth is, no matter how bleak the darkness is, the darkness will not overcome the light. It's a promise. You know those men in 1914 who crossed enemy lines to be together and sing? They didn't just stop shooting at each other. They actually started treating each other as brothers. In some places, the truce lasted two full weeks. And you can read about what it was like in the letters that were sent home from the soldiers to their families. 
The German soldiers brought bread and ham. The English soldiers brought tobacco and whiskey, and they shared it with each other. Kids, don't start drinking and smoking just yet. They gave each other gifts. And not only that, they played soccer together. These enemies became friends. They still battled it out, but now with a soccer ball, you can't tell who really won the games because it depends on whose letters you read. But they played with each other instead of shooting at each other. And the truth is, this simple act of singing and putting down the guns was enough to turn something ugly around. It became, I think, most profoundly moving when they decided together to go with each other and retrieve the bodies of their comrades and hold joint funeral services, burying each other's dead. And this happened because the light is stronger than the darkness. And anyone who takes the message of Christmas to heart will shine a light. And so now here, I want to give you a very simple challenge for Christmas. And it is a challenge that I want to give every one of you. I give it to those of you who I know, who I know personally who I'll spend time with. It is a challenge to you. And I give it to those of you I've never met before and maybe I won't ever talk to again. And I give it to all of us, listen, for the sake of the world, which needs light. And the challenge is very simple, that you would let your light shine before others so they would see your good deeds. And here, I'm going to give you something to do tonight. When you get home tonight and you're with family, I guarantee you that you'll be with someone who gets under your skin. Am I right about that? I don't want you to shout yes if you're with your family members, all right? And if it's not tonight, then it's going to be tomorrow at Christmas, right? And there's going to be someone there who has done something wrong to you, and they know it, and so do you. And here, let your light shine by choosing in your heart right now to forgive them, and then tomorrow tell them. Take them aside and say, you know that thing that I've always been holding on to? I've decided to forgive you. I want you to know that. Or maybe your brother needs to know that you care about him because he's insecure. And so tomorrow, put your hand on his shoulder and tell him, hey, you know, I've always been proud of you and I've not told you that. I think you're great. Or maybe, maybe you should put your hand on your daughter's shoulder and tell her how beautiful she is to you. Maybe you should hug your father for a really long time if he's there and don't let go of him. And let him know how much he matters to you. Or, or tell your mom thank you for all that she's done. She's done so much. You have no idea. I know some mom right now is like, amen. <laughs> and that's, that's good, but it's not enough. I want to challenge you beyond that. After Christmas is done, you're going to have to go back to school. Kids, I'm sorry. School is going to be there when, when Christmas break is over. I know that's dark to you, but go, <laughs> go, go into school and you will find kids there who are having a hard time and they just need some light. Be friendly. Be gracious and kind. Treat someone with a kind of respect that you say to yourself, I'm not sure they deserve it, but bring light to that darkness. And, and you adults who go off to your offices and back to work, I guarantee you there's someone in your office who needs some light. They need someone to listen to them. They need someone who they can open up to about their shame and sorrow and not be judged. They need someone who can be a, a confidant. They need someone who can challenge them. They need someone who can say, hey, you need to work harder than you've worked before. They need someone who treats them with that much respect and dignity. Go there and shine the light. If you do that, you will be taking Jesus seriously. And then here, here's the last thing. Some of you are just so, you're doing so well 
You can't relate at all to the moments in my message where I say, it's dark and it's hard for you. You're like, I am not having a hard time. And there are some of you, if that's you, then here, my challenge to you is use your strength for people who are weak. Do it. Don't sit back and wonder, well, what does God have for me? He must not be able to rescue me. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so strong. Use your strength for people around your week. If you have more than you need, which a lot of us do, share. Give things away. Take some of your money and find a worthy cause and give the money to that cause. Or find some endeavor that is socially good and responsible and get involved. Give some hours. Use your power. Whatever skills you have, whatever gifts are yours, go out into the world and do good things. And this is what Jesus says. Then your light will shine and the darkness will not overcome it. And that is not just a good sentiment. It is a promise. A promise that the world needs us to believe and take seriously enough to shine in the darkness. If all you've got is ham and biscuits and a little whiskey and tobacco, you have enough. Let's pray. God, I thank you that the light has come. I thank you that in Jesus, your tender mercy became real as you yourself came into the darkness that we find ourselves in as the light which is stronger than the darkness. And we thank you that in his love and mercy and grace, you have given every one of us the freedom to live anew, to live in the light and not in the darkness. God, I ask very simply that every one of us would take to heart the challenge that comes with the promise of Christmas, that we should learn to regard ourselves as the bearers of your light. And then God, use us to shine in darkness. We ask this in the name of Jesus for the sake of the world he loves. In his name we pray, amen.